hear this way, that all of us are called to simply respond to Jesus, right? We love that. That's who we are here at Crossroads. Why? Because when you simply respond to Jesus, you obey his voice and you live out the reality of it. And I think every single day, each one of us are being prompted by the Lord to change the way that we are, to live differently. But you got to ask yourself the question, are you living differently? God wants you to fully experience the abundant life that he planned for you. But the ball is in your court. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that the blessings that God has for you come as you live in line with his ways. But this isn't something you have to do on your own. You only need to simply respond to Jesus. He'll show you the next step and give you everything you need to take it. God is with you and he wants to give you good things. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Deuteronomy chapter 28 as he continues his message, Blessings and Curses. Let's open up in our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. As we continue the study as leisurely as it may be through the Bible, through the book of Deuteronomy now, the fifth and final book in what we commonly call the Pentateuch in the Greek. That means five books, Torah in the Hebrew, or the five books of Moses as they're most commonly called. Now, We're calling this last series Cause and Effect, and it's really based on a simple premise because really one of the themes of the book of Deuteronomy and absolutely the theme of this last section is that whatever decision you make, you're going to reap the consequences of that decision. And that's just a natural principle. I mean, you think about it as something as simple as we live here in the Pacific Northwest and it rains. And when you rains, the cause of the rain and the effect is the ground gets wet. Right? And so in the same way, our lives spiritually function in the same way, that we get to make decisions, and whatever decisions we make, God's going to honor that decision. But depending on what decisions you make, God wants to bless. But if we make decisions that are in rebellion against God, the opposite of getting God's blessing is receiving the curses, which is the natural outgrowth of our rebellion. And the children of Israel... They're on the precipice of the promised land. They're going to go into the promised land. And God is saying to them, listen, I'm sending you into a place of blessing, and I want you to experience those blessings. But it's up to you. If you do things the way I'm asking you, the Lord is saying, he says, you're going to experience all the blessings that I have for you. But if you choose not to, then you're going to experience the alternative, which is curses. Now, I've made the point And I'm going to keep making the point because we always want to remember that the law of Moses and the Mosaic covenant is what you would call a conditional covenant, which is we do this and God does this, that we get to make the decision and God responds to that decision. And the new covenant that we believe was inaugurated by Jesus, it's an unconditional covenant. See, the new covenant, our faith in Jesus reminds us that God knows that we failed the covenant, that God knows that we'll never be able to keep up our end of the bargain. 
So he sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins. So you might be saying, well, if I've made so many mistakes, I've lived in rebellion, will God reject me? And the answer is, is no. God will never leave me nor forsake you. Now, that doesn't mean that we should go on uh, a rebel streak, but our standing in Christ is solid. But you also realize that as a follower of Jesus, the decisions that you make day in and day out will impact your ability to enjoy the life that God bought for you in Christ. See, even though nobody can snatch us out of Jesus's hands, our decisions of rebellion can negatively impact our walks and our health. And we all know that that's true. So even though the new covenant is an unconditional covenant, each one of us still has a million decisions that we get to make. And God holds us accountable and responsible for those decisions. So you might say, well, if the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant is conditional, the new covenant is unconditional, why are we studying this? Because all of these principles still apply. And because the children of Israel failed to keep this covenant, that's exactly why Jesus died in the first place. God knew that it was, they were not going to be able to keep it. So as we open up Deuteronomy 28, this is a long chapter. I mean, there's 68 verses. So I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it through the entire chapter in this study. So we'll break off at some point. But let's just jump on in. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God, blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing of you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I shall command you today, and be careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. Now, this opening section here reminds us of the blessings of obedience. 
And you notice that you have in the first few verses, and then in the last few verses, a recapitulation. Look what it says. It shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. So you diligently obey the things he's saying, right? To observe carefully all the commands which I command you today. So not only the things he's saying, but you actually, you don't only hear the words, but you actually live them out. Then it says that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. So there's this blessing for obedience. By the time you get towards the end of this here, it says in the middle of verse 13, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. So you see, all of this is about obedience. Now, when we hear about obedience, we have to ask ourselves a simple question. Am I being obedient to the voice and the commands of the Lord? Now, that's a terrifying question because, as I said already, all of us are rebels, right? So left up to our own devices, all of us have areas in our lives that are not lined up in obedience to God's simple revealed word. And what I want you to do is I want you to just take a moment. I want you to just think about what is one area where I am in disobedience and rebellion to the will of God? Just think of one area. And whatever that area is, I want you to make a plan to change that. Because your ability to experience the blessings of God, all that God is for us in Christ, your ability to do that is actually rooted in your obedience. And I believe, we say it here this way, that all of us are called to simply respond to Jesus, right? We love that. That's who we are here at Crossroads. Why? Because when you simply respond to Jesus, you obey his voice and you live out the reality of it. And I think every single day, each one of us are being prompted by the Lord to change the way that we are, to live differently. But you got to ask yourself the question, are you living differently? And I think it's as simple as every day identifying one area that you're going to work on. One area. And the beauty is, is that for each one of us, we're all unique and we're all in process. And God is wanting to do a unique work in each one of us. So it's not like maybe your thing is worse than your neighbor's thing. Your thing is your thing. Your neighbor's thing is your neighbor's thing. And God wants all of us to grow. So whatever the area of rebellion or disobedience that you find in your heart, make a plan to start to attack that thing. Say, Lord, I'm going to make a different set of decisions. I think that's the beauty of the New Year's resolution, right? It's like, for whatever reason, the change in the calendar year, you say, well, these are the areas of my life that I want to grow in. You know, and I think every single day we should be like that. We should make new resolutions every day where we say, okay, so yesterday, I can't go back and redo it. This is the thing that I think I got wrong yesterday. So I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to respond to the promptings of the Lord, and I'm going to seek to be obedient. Because what you find is that when you are obedient, you get to experience the blessings of God. And we see here for the children of Israel, in between all of these verses, these bookends about obedience, we get this whole long list of what the blessings of God look like for the children of Israel. I mean, look at what it says. The end of verse one, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. So they have the blessings of this preeminent position that God's going to do something exceedingly abundantly in this group of people. Now, don't forget, this is a group of people who have just been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years and have been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. And now the Lord says to them, listen, I'm going to make you high above every nation. Wow. That's a pretty profound promise, isn't it? He says this. 
and all the blessings, verse 2, shall come upon you and overtake you. Wow. You see the picture. It's not like, listen, you're going to be blessed. It's like, man, those blessings are going to come upon you. They're going to wrestle you to the ground. Like, those blessings are going to overtake you. Like, you're going to be so overwhelmed by blessings that you're not going to know what to do. Now, I don't know about you. When I think about my life, I'm like, hey, Lord, I would love for your blessings to overtake my life. Does that sound amazing? I mean, that's a powerful promise. And the language is very provocative. It's not like, listen, it's going to be cool. You're going to get blessings. It's like, no, those blessings are going to overcome you. They're going to overtake you. I love to watch some of these epic fail sports videos on YouTube. You guys ever watch those things? When I'm bored, like, especially when it's sports. I was watching this one where it was a college race and this guy had a total huge lead. And he starts like goofing off, you know, like he's just like, and all of a sudden this guy comes high tailing. And in like the last eighth of a mile, this guy who was showboating totally loses the race. And whenever I think of overtaking, I think of that guy. And in a lot of ways, obedience, God wants to overtake us with obedience. See, your father in heaven is a good father and he loves you. He wants your life to be full of his presence. But again, Obedience is tied to all of this. Now, notice what it says in verse 3. And he starts saying, blessed shall be, over and over again, blessed shall you be, verse 3, in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. So he's saying, look, whether you're around lots of people in an urban environment or whether you're in the lush, green, rolling hills environment, you're going to be blessed. Verse 4, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, which, of course, that means that you're going to have many offspring. The very first promise that God made to Adam and Eve is to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the idea of having a big family, remember God's promise to Abraham that I will make you the father of many nations, that I'm going to make you a name for yourself. He says, listen, if you obey the fruit of your body, you're going to have many offspring, the produce of your ground. That means they're going to have enough food and vegetables, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Now, in this time period, having many children, having abundant food coming out of the ground, and the blessing of the cattle and the livestock and offspring for your cattle, this is a diversified portfolio. This is abundance in that culture. They had everything that they would ever need. They would have a loving family. They would have enough food and sustenance to provide for everything that they ever needed. That's what that means in that culture. Everything that they would ever need would be provided for. That sounds like a pretty powerful blessing, isn't it? Because of the culture we live in, we forget how for so many people, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, survival is at the beginning. See, we can just go into Safeway or Fred Meyers or Costco and, and get all the things that we probably shouldn't eat, but we, it's all there. But in this day and age, hunger was normal, starvation was normal. And so God's promise of sustenance and abundant sustenance to eat is a huge thing. It's a huge thing. Not only that, verse 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Now, again, this also speaks about their daily sustenance. The basket and the kneading bowl were used to gather food products and prepare them for meals. So, again, the common reality of all this different food stuff for them was an amazing thing. Verse 
Six, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. So you see, at every turn, God is saying, you're going to be blessed everywhere you go. In every situation, blessing is going to be a part of it. Now in verse seven, now it starts speaking of their safety. And safety and security is a big concern for anybody. Whether it's thousands of years ago or people talk about it every day here today. Notice, the Lord will cause your enemy who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. He's saying, look, there are going to be people who are going to rise up against you, but I got you. They're going to come at you one way. The idea of them coming at you one way and fleeing seven ways It speaks of God bringing disorientation to them so that they get scattered. They come in very orderly, but they leave in every direction. See, God is saying, look, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to have your back. I'm going to be your shield and your rear guard. He's saying, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That the wisest military leaders are going to have nothing on you if you follow me. Because I will disorient them completely. I will make sure that nobody harms you. Not only that, in verse 8, look at what it says. The Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Now, I think this is beautiful because he reminds them that they're going to have all the material things that they need, that he's going to be their safety and their security. But really the greatest gift that God wants to give them is by saying, look, I will establish you as a holy people to yourself. Think about that. See, the Bible says, and if you were with us when we studied the book of Leviticus, God says over and over again, be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. See, God wants to make you and I like him. God wants us to be chips off the old block, so to speak. God wants us to have familial characteristics that God has ushered into our lives by the Spirit. And in some ways, all the other things are fine, but moth and rust can destroy and thieves can break in and steal all those things. But who you are as a child of God, nobody can take away. And we need to remember that because As I always like to joke, that great American theologian, Madonna, said it properly, that we're living in a material world and we are material girls. If you're a child of the 80s, you know what I'm talking about. If not, don't worry about it. But oftentimes we get real focused on the material side of things and we have a tendency to neglect that even if you lack material means, if you are a child of God, If you have allowed God to share his holiness with you through your faith in Jesus, that you are God's own special child, then you are exactly where you want to be. Because what I've learned, like the Apostle Paul, Paul said, I've learned how to abound and I've learned how to be abased. I have learned in all ways to be content. Because when you have Jesus and you are set apart by Christ, in the end of the day, you have everything you need. Because even if you're lacking in all the material things that you would want, remember when they said, oh, Lord, we're going to follow you. And he said, well, listen, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus knew what it was like not to have. Remember when they came and they asked Jesus for the temple tax? Well, actually, they asked Peter. He said, yeah, of course we're going to pay the temple tax. Jesus is like, well, we really don't need to because we're children of God, but... 
We don't want to offend them, so go fishing. He just didn't have the half shekel. He had to go fishing for it. See, we need to always make sure that our identity is rooted in Christ, that we don't follow God just for all the benefits. We follow God because he's our dad. And he has brought us into his family. He bought our way into his family by the blood of Jesus. And I think there's some of you here right now, you're struggling in your walk because you have equated God with materialism rather than equating God with family. You like God for what you can get from him. And if you don't get what you want, you go try and find another God to worship. But God wants to place you in his family. I love this. A holy people for himself. See, that's what God really wants. He wants, he wants you to be his own special treasure. He wants to have something with you that nobody could ever take away. And when you read some of the biographies of men and women who have suffered in extraordinary situations for Christ, just like the Apostle Paul and Silas, as they could praise God in a Philippian jail, how are they able to do that? They've been stripped of their rights. I mean, people have been tortured because they realize what we're seeing in this verse, that God has redeemed them and they are his own holy people that he set apart for himself. My pastor, John Henry Corker, used to always say, you and God in any crowd is a majority. And that's a reality shift, isn't it? That's a paradigm shift. When you realize, when I have Christ, I have everything, even if I have nothing. And that's what it means here for us to understand ourselves and to see ourselves because God is looking to establish us as a holy people for himself. Now, it's amazing because this continues to go on. He says in verse 10, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Now, the idea of them being afraid is not only they fear them, but because of the presence of God, because this is a group of people who they are the bright, shining witness of God, everyone's going to see and be like, man, there is something unique about those people. And brothers and sisters, I believe that's exactly what God wants to do today. But you know why people don't look at the church and say, they are called by the name of God? Why? Because we're living in rebellion. The world is not seeing a group of people who are set apart, who are God's own holy people. They're seeing a group of people who can't follow Jesus. Pulled in a million directions. We love Jesus until something goes wrong and then we hate Jesus and we're all living in the world and we're all over the place, just like the children of Israel. Isn't it true? Am I the only one who's found myself all over the place? God wants us to walk with him in such a way that the world would know, look, there's just something about those people who call themselves by the name of Jesus. God wants us to be his peculiar people. Jesus is real. Do you follow God just for what you get out of that relationship? Today, Pastor Daniel shared that many people equate God with material things. But God's take is much different. He wants to be your dad, your family. He wants you to follow him because you love him, not for whatever you can get from him. This passage revealed that God loves his people, that they're his special treasure. Pastor Daniel encouraged you to let your heart get involved and be swept away by the love of God. Then he'll be your treasure too. 
Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus' Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Come back next time when Pastor Daniel continues to lay out the blessings that God has for his people when they choose to follow him. You'll see that God wants more than a Sunday morning relationship with you. He wants you to let him transform the whole of your life. He wants you to be sincere and wholehearted as you follow him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio. 